And now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Carry on our way with us. There'll be peace when you are gone. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry. Everybody and welcome to Lupa's Bits, episode twenty-three. I am your host, Lupa Barty, affectionately known as Stephanie J. Barty. Yes, the author. You know, the one that debuted in the top forty on Amazon. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, how was your week? I am. I do believe. Last week's episode was from the trailer, and the week before's episode was from my sisters, and guess what? I'm a gypsy again. I'm back at my sisters. Um, so that's why the sound quality might be a little off and a little quiet, because I have to be quiet. Everybody goes to bed at 8 o'clock here, and it technically is actually 11.30 at night, so I don't want to wake anybody up by talking too loud. Um, so I've had a fairly decent week, um, not too much to complain about. It's been aight, I guess. (laughs) It's been following along my social medias, any of my social medias. Um, on the 8th, uh, The Chosen was released. And that has been a book that has been in the making. I figured it out. It's taken me almost two years to write that book because I've been writing it in monthly installments. Now, I've missed some months, much to the chagrin of the people that were following along and reading it. Um, But it's taken me about two years to write it. And I didn't put the ending... I left a lot out of each chapter on the uh, website. So when it went into book form, there was stuff added. You heard all this all last week, if you were listening. So, yeah, it came out and we did a 24-hour sale of the ebook. And thank you to everybody, Americans and Canadians. Um, you guys turned out in force. And... Uh, each, uh, bleh. The Chosen debuted in the top 40 in three of the categories that it was listed in and debuted in the top 100 in the other two categories that it was listed in. I do believe it was all of them were at least um, in the top 60. I think the lowest ranking that I had was 59 or 54, or something like that. But it number doesn't matter. I'm in the top 100 on Amazon for new releases. And I just checked before I started this podcast at 11 o'clock at night in Canada and December 10th. And I am still in the top 100. So it de- debuted in the top 100 on the 8th. Here it is the 10th and I am still in the top 100 two days later. Yeah. Yes, I am patting myself on the back because for me that is that is huge. That is a big achievement for me. You know, I'm I'm in the top 100 on Amazon for 2 days in a row. People are seeing my book. They're scrolling through new releases to find something to read and they're scrolling by the chosen and they're seeing it and they're buying it because the amount of sales that I've had, I don't know that many people. I don't, not personally. Um, so thank you to everybody and thank you to everybody that I do know that bought the ebook and bought a hardcover to show support. That means a lot to me, um, that you would do that. So I've been kind of riding that high for the last couple of days. Um, I'm waiting for my copies to show up. I'm very excited about that. And, uh, 
I'm a little sad because a friend of mine that had bought my first book, um, she lives, she lived in Montreal and we had made plans to get together. And I'm sure you heard me talked about her before, Lynn. We had made plans to get together and uh, I was going to autograph Eternally Bound for her. And she was looking forward to my next book coming out um, while she died before I had a chance to um, go and do that. So I'm going to make a point this time, COVID or not. I mean, it's going to be a, if, if it has to be where, you know, you stand six feet away from my car and you throw the book into my car and I sign it and I throw the book back out at you. If you buy a copy and you live anywhere that I can drive to within Canada, and if you're a longer distance, then I may have to crash on your couch. I will come to you. I will sign that book if you want me to. Just say the word, all right? Um, or we can meet halfway somewhere and, you know, do the book toss in a parking lot. <laughs> I will sign that. I will make every effort that I possibly can to sign that book. Because you never know if you're going to miss out on that opportunity. And I mean, yeah, it's not a big deal. I'm not some famous author, you know, and, and my autograph is, you know, worth something. But to the person that buys the book that knows me or wants it autographed, that means something. That means something to me. It means something to them. And I will do what I can to make that happen. Um, I have a car. I can travel. Have an air mattress in the back of my car. Have bed. We'll travel. You know, and as soon as they open the border, the same thing applies to my American family. Yes, Shana, I will blow up my air mattress in the middle of your living room floor. You know I will. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, so now I'm, I'm very excited. I'm kind of, today has kind of been a day of, um, okay, so I have this this hot new release out now. Um... I have other books that I need to write and I need to get on those and I need to get them done <laughs> because the contract that I signed is for a three book deal and I've only done two. So I do have, I do have, um, the prequel for eternally bound to do. And I do have, um, something else in the works that we're kind of keeping under wraps at the moment. Um, I have the continuation of The Chosen. Well, you think I was going to leave it there? Come on. You all know me. If you read my stuff, you know me. I am not a one and done. If you saw my lives, oh my gosh. I did a whole blitz the day the book came out. And we did the, the 99 cent sale for the ebook. And I went live on Facebook on Lupa. And I went live on Facebook on Stephanie Barty. And I went live on Instagram. Um, I couldn't go live on TikTok because I don't have enough followers yet. And yes, I did just bring somebody else over to the dark side of TikTok. <laughs> You're welcome, Dan. Um, so, I but I did like three lives. One back, I did them all back to back to back. And, um, some of you's got the corset, some of you's didn't, <laughs> you know, that it, it, it's, it's a leather corset with whalebone ribbing. There's no breathing. There's, there's no give. There's no, yeah. So some of you's got the corset, some of you didn't, but I wanted to dress the part of, you know, the kind of costuming that I see in my mind when I think about seeing it on a TV screen. You know, like maybe a Netflix series or Prime, Amazon Prime. That'd be kind of cool. Amazon Prime series would be kind of cool. Yeah. But it would have to be on Amazon.ca because I'd be really upset if I released a series 
season one of a series. And I couldn't watch it because it was released on .com. And I live in Canada. And we don't get the same things as as .com does. Not at the same time. I found that out when I went to Florida last year. Yeah, last year at this time. It's funny, you know, you look back a year. Just a year. And I was... um, still pushing eternally bound I was working on a ghostwriting project I was looking forward to going to Florida in a month with my mom my mom and I were heading to Florida in January I was looking forward to going to California in February and that was just a year ago yeah a year ago like it's it's insane how a year has changed so much. Um, Like I was saying on my lives too, even just four years ago, four years ago, I was, well, five years ago, actually five years ago, I was still writing chapters to Eternally Bound. Four years ago, I was shopping around for a publisher. Three years ago, I found one. Two years ago, I started The Chosen. One year ago, I decided to make it into a book. And now I'm sitting here with two books under my belt. Three technically, but the one isn't published yet. Um, so two published books under my belt. A top 100 hot new release in several categories for two days in a row. It's kind of amazing. It's kind of um, humbling and and mind-blowing. And I'm still, I, I said to Dave yesterday, I have no words. <laughs> and I'm kind of sitting here right now going, I still have no words. <laughs> I don't know how to describe how that feels. Um, Especially when my first book didn't... Because I'm I'm new. Nobody knew me. Nobody knew my writing. I mean, they knew what I was writing on The World of Myth, but that was it. And Eternally Bound is totally different than what I was writing on The World of Myth. Um... I was a nobody when my first book came out. So it didn't do really well. didn't do great. I mean, those that bought it loved it. Absolutely loved it. And I actually have a few people that were excited with my second book coming out because they thought it was the second part in the Bound series. Um, Unfortunately, I had to disappoint them and say no. (laughs) Magically Bound is coming out next year um, but now people kind of know me and know my writing and know my style and they've read most of the story tidbits of it anyway um, so this book went over a whole lot better And I'm hoping that the people that bought The Chosen and enjoyed The Chosen and enjoyed my writing will revisit Eternally Bound and give it a shot too. Because it's a, you know, I mean, yeah, I wrote it. I'm a little biased, but it's a really good book. It's a really good book. I blow shit up. I'm just saying. I blow stuff up. I build schooners, and there's romance, and there's magic. Three of the main characters are dead. That was interesting. Um, But I've already got, like, stories running through my head, like No Tomorrow, and I can't, I've got so many of them right now, it's hard for me to, I need to sit down with a pen and a piece of paper and just write down every thought that is running through my head, which I've had to do before. 
I mean, it's not unusual for me to be working on three different stories or three different books at the same time. Um, I just have to write down every thought that comes through my head on a piece of paper and get them all down. And then sort through them and go, okay, so this is for Magically and this is for Sala and this is for, you know, The Chosen and, and this is for something completely different. I don't know where this one came from. And figure out where they all go and put them all in their respective categories. Um, yes, I do organize everything. My emails are organized into folders and my laptop desktop is organized into folders and and subfolders and those folders have folders like when I'm editing okay prime example when I'm editing and when I explained my system to Dave he um laughed at me <laughs> because when we're talking on video chat sometimes I can see his desktop and he knows that his desktop screen makes me twitch <laughs> Because it is completely covered in stuff. He has got files all over the place. Willy-nilly. I'm pretty sure there's probably some sort of organization. Maybe. Kind of. I don't know. But there's a ton. Of, like You can't. If he had a picture on there, I wouldn't know. Because it's just a bunch of files. All over the place. I have everything organized into folders. <laughs> and the email for um, the world of myth. When I get emails and submissions, I have a folder for ones that I've rejected. I have a folder for ones that um, are pending rewrites. I have a folder for every single month that I've been editor. And every month, the submissions for that month magazine are in that folder. And then I think they get downloaded to my computer and then they get moved to say, all right, say we'll take December, for example. Um, every, all the December stories will get moved to December 2020 because I now put years on them because I have been editor for more than a year. This December, I actually do believe my contract is up for my second year. So I will be going into my third year as well, my second year as editor in chief, my third year as editor. Yes, Dave, that is an acceptance. If you're listening, <laughs> signing on for another year. <laughs> um, wow, that's another kind of really cool achievement. Um, anyway, so I've had to put years, year numbers on the folders so that I can. Okay, so I'm looking for December. Well, I have three Decembers. Which one do I want? I want December 2020. There it is right there. Okay, everything for December goes into December 2020. And then they're all in there. And then I have sub I have subfolders. I have finished and original. So when I finish editing a story, the finished one goes into the finished folder. The original, before my editing, goes into the original folder. So if I make a mistake, if I change something, or if I have... A contributor come back and say, well, you've messed this up and this was all changed and blah, 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 blah. I can pull up the original and go, no, you did that. It's right there. I cover my ass. <laughs> and that is Business Administrative 101. And then once you get into the finished folder, there's another subfolder called Sent. Now, that subfolder, the sent folder, gets used with the spreadsheet that I have over in Google Docs. Everybody gets logged on the spreadsheet, the category that they're in, yada, yada, yada. The issue, their name, everything gets put on the spreadsheet. Now, this is a mutually shared spreadsheet. Dave has access to the spreadsheet. I have access to the spreadsheet. So I put everybody in on the spreadsheet, and then I mark them all. I have it all color-coded, too. <laughs> Although it did come to me color-coded. I cannot take credit for the color-coding. I can take credit for updating and streamlining and making the color-coding more effective. <laughs> and removing the obsolete categories. 
Um, but it did come to me color coded. So when I'm finished, it gets a certain color. When it's been emailed to Dave, it gets changed to a certain color and moved to the sent folder and then moved from the inbox in the email into the December 2020 folder in the email. So everything gets moved around. So I'm very organized. And part of that organization is because when I'm creating, this is where I was going with all of this, by the way, when I'm in a creative state of mind, um, and artists will understand this, writers will understand this, musicians will understand this, when the creative juices are flowing, but you don't have anything specific that you're working on, you're getting bombarded by ideas for several different things. So you need to let all those, like your brain is going to be chaotic. It's going to be jumbled. You have to find a way to kind of make sense of that jumbled mass of yarn. You have to unravel that and find both ends and untie the knots in the middle. So you, I write it down. And then I go back and I look at it and I, okay, well, that is clearly for this. That could work for this or that. So we'll kind of put that in the could be used elsewhere for column. Um, and I organize everything. And then I kind of know, all right, these are the ideas I have for this project. These are the ideas I have for this project. And then I can kind of look at all the projects that I have kind of going and go, I really want to work on that one right now and go from there. just makes things a little easier. So today has been that um, almost white static, white noise, that, that chaotic... You know when you're in a crowd of people and everybody's talking all at once and you can't make out words, it's just sound. It's just a vibrational sound. Um, that's kind of what my head has been like today. It's been very hard to focus on um, everyday things, really. Like, just doing everyday normal things. Like today, I volunteered to get up with my niece and nephew because my sister's working from home today and I'm kind of sleeping in her office, so I had to be up anyway. So I got up with my niece and nephew and my poor nephew, good thing he's a genius. And I'm not bragging, but he is. I make him, I have this specialty that I make him. I make him green eggs. Sometimes they're blue eggs. We tried red eggs once. They didn't look really, they didn't look right. So we've never done that again. And he kind of had to walk me through. What do we need? Okay, what do we need now? What do we need now? Because <laughs> I kept forgetting things because I have all of this going on in my head. All of this chaos, all of this creative chaos going on in my head. Um, and... In amongst all of this, I'm trying to still sell Christmas baskets and help, you know, with the renos at my sister's and um, doing the matrix when I'm in public to avoid the COVID, worrying about Christmas and how, you know, I'm going to pull all of that together. I'm kind of in a bit of a, a depressive funk at the moment. I'll talk about that in a minute because of Christmas. Um, so there's a lot going on, a lot going on. And I'm still writing that. I just put out my second book high and I was looking on Amazon and I'm like, okay, you know, the numbers aren't bad because it tells you what number they are in certain categories. Well, don't believe those. Those are, those are overall numbers. You have to kind of drill down a little bit. And I did. And I went into the new, hot new releases is what the category is. Hot new releases. And I started going down. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm in the top 100. And the very first one, I took pictures of it. I sent it to Dave. I'm like, oh, 
I'm 50. Oh, excuse me. Oh my gosh, I'm 54. And then I started checking the other categories. I started going backwards from the, because, you know, it's, it's books, fiction, uh, sci-fi fantasies, and then, um, ghost romance or something. Anyway, some categories. So I was kind of backtracking and I was in the top 100 in every category that I was checking. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And then I hit like 38, I think. And a friend of mine laughed and said, oh, you're, the, you're in the Casey Kasem ranking now. Now, some of you may know who Casey Kasem is. Some of you may not. If you don't, look him up. My mom didn't, which really surprised me because I'm pretty sure she knows who she who he is. She's listed to the top 40. Pretty sure. She's just... You got to give her verbal cl- clues to remember sometimes. Um, it's a little disconcerting, but you know, we're working with it. Anyway, so I was kind of freaking out when I was seeing all of these, you know, 38 and 44 and 50. And I'm like, Whoa, okay, every category I'm checking, I'm in the top 100 for new releases. And Amazon puts out like a thousand books or more a day. So for me, it's kind of a big deal. I'm, it's kind of cool. It's really kind of cool. Um, and uh, I did really well my first day out. And it's still going strong. It's still going strong. So, yeah. Um, I'm not quite sure where to go from here. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, uh, there will be more from me. I can, I can guarantee you my career as a writer is not over yet. Um, the, the couple of kicks I've taken lately in the writing department have given me pause. Um, I've struggled a little bit with, um, continuing writing. Um, I did bat the idea around of giving it up completely and just, you know, editing other people's writing. But I had somebody buy um, The Chosen and they were reading it and they sent me a message just out of the blue, random message. Um, and it kind of made me reevaluate the decision to not continue pursuing, avidly pursuing writing and kind of doing it as a, you know, fun little hobby. And, um, she said that she was reading The Chosen and she hadn't gotten very far. I think she was only on like chapter three or chapter four or something like that. And she said her exact words were, you were born to write. And this is coming from somebody who years ago um, didn't show a whole lot of support for my writing, wasn't a fan of my writing, um... I would show her stuff and it would be like, oh yeah, cool, okay, whatever. Hey, check this out. Look at this. Look at this. Check that out. Um, it was always somebody else's stuff. So to hear that from them meant the world to me. Just, it, it really struck a chord. Um, yeah, so... I'm not giving it up anytime soon. <laughs> We're going to keep plugging away, keep trying to make this a career. And uh, it's hard. It is hard. I mean, COVID's hard on everybody right now. It's hard on small businesses. Oh my goodness, I'm sorry. Oh, I was up at 5.30 this morning. Don't ask me why. Oh, I was up because I had to pee. Right, that's why I was awake at 5.30. But I was awake at 5.30. 
and I didn't, my alarm didn't go off till 7.30, but you don't really sleep. You just kind of lie there waiting for the alarm to go off because you know it's going to go off. And you think, okay, I can get two more hours sleep. And you lie there. All right, maybe I can get an hour and a half. All right, I can get a good solid hour. I can probably get about 20 minutes. And then the alarm goes off and you're like, well, so much for that. So I've been kind of, basically been up since 5.30. So bear with me. My brain's going to be all over the place. Like I said, creative chaos and lack of sleep. Um, yeah, COVID's been hard on everybody, but creative artisans, like writers, like those that, um, my sister-in-law, she makes a lot of vinyl stuff and she does like shirts and she does ornaments and she does the wooden plaque signs and she does, um, wall hangy thingies and she does um, like resin um, tabletops, like resin coffee tables and poured resin. Um... Okay, the word has completely left me. You coasters. <laughs> like you sit your cup on it to prevent the wet from staining the table. What is that? A coaster. Option. But. A lot of sales for people like that come from doing craft shows and doing expos and um, fairs and farmers markets and things like that. There haven't been any. And as an indie author, as as an author of a, a micro publishing house, our way of getting ourselves out there and getting people known is doing writing conventions and doing expos and doing um, street fairs. And um, Toronto has a, a, it's called the Writer's Mile, I think that's what it's called. And it's like one entire mile of St. Lawrence, I think. Oh. St. Lawrence Market. You have to bear with me. i got to plug my laptop in. Um, oh, just locked it down. But, uh, yeah, and, and like we, that's how we sell our books. That's how we meet people. And we haven't, we haven't had any of that. There's been none of that for us to do. So it's been very difficult. All of our our things that we used to do, we've now had to move online. Did it shut off? I think it did. Um, we've had to move online. And it's not the same. Like, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm on TikTok. And... Facebook, you kind of have a longer platform. Instagram, you kind of have a longer platform. But the big ones like Twitter, they've just started this thing called Fleet. Um, But TikTok, which is a big one. People get famous on TikTok. Um, You only get 60 seconds. So you have to kind of make people like you in 60 seconds. But they're not going to like you in 60 seconds unless you're doing something goofy. And doing something goofy isn't going to sell books. It's not going to um, get you out there. It's not going to get you known. Um, You would not believe the entire multitasking that I just did. And didn't skip a beat and kept on talking. (laughs) One day, I will let y'all in on the behind the scenes. Because that was pretty impressive, I must say. Pretty impressive. Anyway, so it's been really hard on, like, artists and musicians and writers. Because being in the public eye, being in front of people, shaking hands, talking to people, saying, Hey, check this out. Read my book. This is what it's about showing that passion has been taken away from us. If 
that's how we make our livelihood and we can't do it anymore. We can't, there aren't any farmer's markets. There aren't any expos. There aren't any, I mean, I was supposed to, I was booked from April to March of this year, of, of next year with events that I was supposed to do. Um, I was supposed to do expos. I was supposed to do conventions. I was supposed to do um, author spots in Indiana. I was supposed to do book signings in Florida and in um, Alabama, North Carolina, Georgia. Like There were places that wanted me. And, of course, they're all across the border. Not happening now. <laughs> because apparently reading and writing is not an essential service. Um, I get that. I'm, I'm being facetious with that, by the way. So, it's been very difficult to garner a following and and create a base of people interested in what I'm writing. I mean, I have the podcast and I have my listeners, my loyal listeners. I appreciate every single one of you. Um, but I can't, I, I, I'm really good when I'm in front of a person having a conversation. If I'm just talking, I mean, yeah, okay, I do a podcast every week and I talk for upwards of an hour or more sometimes. Um, but I'm, if I'm having a conversation with a person, I can gauge that person, their personality, their, their demeanor and what part of my book will grab them. Like I've sold books, I've sold Eternally Bound, which is a romance at its core. I'm a girl. I mean, come on. <laughs> you know, I'm going to write the perfect love story that I seem to think should happen. Anyway. Um, I've sold it to men. I've had guys standing in front of me. Tell me about your book. Why should I buy your book? It sounds like a floofy romance. And I'll tell him. Well, because the lead character builds ships, builds schooners. And he builds them the old-fashioned way. With the big long beams and the ribs, and he turns the dowels by hand and the pins that hold all the wood together, and 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 you can see that it piques their interest. And then I'd start describing the cannons and how they're disguising these merchant ships as they're disguising these warships as merchant ships, and I go into the whole design of the carousel that the two-pound cannons sit on and. And I know what I'm talking about as I'm describing this to them. And they're like, ooh. And then I tell them I blow stuff up. And they're handed over their $20. I'm signing the book and they're walking away happy. They're going to give the book to their wife after they read the good parts. And that's the killing, the blowing the stuff up, and maybe the love scenes, depending on their mood. Or they'll just hand those scenes to their wives and get a bottle of wine and hope for the best. But, you know, <laughs> I can I can sell my book if I can stand in front of somebody and talk to them about it. Trying to sell it in 60 seconds on TikTok or in a podcast or in a live spot or a video on Instagram, it's not the same. It's not like a song, a song... You have a song and you play that song for somebody live and they're in front of you and they can feel that passion coming off of you. They can feel that energy coming off of you in that song and they can feel the energy and, and, and the power of the song. Or you hand them a CD and say, hey, oh, I'm sorry, wait, no, it's not CDs anymore. They hand you a thumb drive with an MP3 on it and they say, hey. Go listen to this. And you go listen to it and you're like, eh, yeah, you know, it's not bad. Right. It's not the same. It's not the same. So it's been, I'm, I'm, I'm beyond thrilled that The Chosen did so well because I haven't 
been able to stand in front of anybody and say, you got to read it. It's really good. <laughs> okay, so I've been able to do that to one person, but, you know, they were convinced from the first story. That's why they signed me as their, you know, author. And they became my publisher. Um, I'm kind of rambling. I'm all over the place. I'm sorry, guys, but... It's just, like I said, creative chaos going on in my head right now. You know, I'm going to watch a cartoon and they have that bubble over their head and it's all just scribbles. And it's supposed to represent, I guess they're, they're in a bad mood or something. Well, that's kind of what it's like right now in my head. But it's not a bad mood. It's just a whole bunch of string. <laughs> and I can't figure out where the end is. And they're all multicolored, so none of them belong together. Um, and I have to sort it out. And I know there's a couple of people listening that will completely understand that. I do believe I told one of them to get off the couch, get off the damn couch the other day. <laughs> She'll know who she is. Um, but, uh, yeah, so the creative juices are, are overflowing at the moment. Um, and that creates the creative chaos. Which I'm pleased because I've been, like I said earlier, I've been in a bit of a depressive funk almost this entire month. The closer Christmas gets, the the, the deeper I kind of get. Um, Christmas looks very different for me this year. And it looks different for everybody. I understand that. Um, mine looks different because of my relationship status. Um, as you've all known, you all know, I left my husband in July. Um, I had Christmas traditions that I did every year. Now, granted, last year was a bit of a fight to get any of those traditions carried out. Um, and then I was informed that, oh, of course they're doing them all this year. Why wouldn't they? Yes, that was total full-on bitterness. You heard it. I'm not going to deny it. I am a little bitter. A little bitter. Because I fought for two weeks last year. And I cried for two weeks last year because I was told we're not putting the tree up. We're not putting up the wall of remembering. We're not putting anything up. Maybe we'll put up a light. That'll be about it. I'm not dragging the... Okay, wait. Hold on. <laughs> I don't ask for Christmas presents for Christmas. I don't. I don't ask for anything for Christmas. I want my tree. I want my special decorations because my Christmas tree looks like it should belong in um, a homeless person's kindergarten class. Every ornament on that tree has a story. It's either been handmade by one of my children in a primary grade or my grandchildren. Every single member of my family has their own personal ornament. Um, I even made one for my oldest boy because somewhere along the line in all of the moves and all of the years, his baby's first Christmas ornament went missing. Um, we have our suspicions, but... We have no proof. So, it was three years ago, I made him an ornament that says, Baby's First Christmas, and the year he was born, and the day he was born. And his very first Christmas, um, I, I've never had much money, ever, <laughs> in all of my adult life. I've never had extra money. <laughs> I'm not even sure if extra money actually exists. I've usually had barely enough or we're only going to give them some kind of money. You know, when you're paying the bills and you're like, okay, we'll give a little bit here and a little bit here and a little bit there just to make sure they don't cut us off. Um, so my oldest boy's first Christmas, again, didn't have a whole lot of money. And... I had this pitiful little Charlie Brown tree. I think it was maybe a foot and a half tall, two feet tall. 
maybe. Had 12 lights on it. Seven of them worked. And I saw this string of ornaments and it was like a, it was in a box. And I think there was like 10 of them. There was Bert, Ernie, Big Bird, Grover, um, Elmo. No, no Elmo. Elmo wasn't around 30 years ago. Um, Bert, Ernie, Big Bird. Oh, Snuffle Up, I guess. And Grover. Super Gro It was actually Super Grover. Not just Grover. It was Super Grover, you know, with the little helmet and the little cape. He was so cute. And um, there's a couple of other ones. And Oscar the Grouch. And they were all doing various things. Like, think Ernie was ice skating. And Oscar the Grouch was in his tin can. And, like, he had a little wreath hanging out front and tinsel on him. And it was really cute. Well, over the years, um, because they were plastic and they were brushed felt, they didn't last. <laughs> and, you know, we had pets. So they became chew toys. And uh, we were down to two. We had ice skating Ernie and Oscar. So when I made him his Christmas ball, I took one of those great big balls you can buy at the craft store at Michael's. And you can put stuff in them and put them together. That's about the size of his head. And I put Oscar inside. And I saved Oscar. Because Oscar was the best looking one. I saved Oscar. So he is now locked inside that ball. <laughs> and I decorated the outside of the ball. And painted on it and everything. And Ernie still went on the tree. He's still ice skating on the tree. Looking a little, little worn. Um, I think the string now is tied around his neck. So he kind of looks like he's hanging himself. But that's our tree. <laughs> that, that, that is our tree. That is our sense of humor. Um, my dad's fire truck was on the tree. And it would just randomly light up for no apparent reason. I'd always say, hi, Dad. Um, but every single ornament on that tree tells a story. There's ornaments on there for the year that I spent Christmas in the hospital. I was very, very sick. And um, they actually let me out Christmas Day for two hours, they hooked me up to all of my meds in a saline drip. And um, my Uncle Jeff and my dad came and picked me up at the hospital. And they wheeled me out and they made my Uncle Jeff and my dad promise I would not get out of the wheelchair <laughs> at all. <laughs> Except to maybe go pee. Um, and even then, I didn't really have to do that because I had a catheter. <laughs> so I didn't even have to get out of the chair. And uh, they let me go home for Christmas dinner. And I had two hours. So they uh, brought me to my mom's, wheeled me in, and I got to eat dinner. Hooked up to the saline drip. And I, I think I was there was like two different antibiotics going into me. And um, they didn't have blood going into me at the time. I got blood when I came back. I got blood before I left, and I got blood when I came back. Um... Uh, anticoagulants and pain meds and anti-nausea meds and like there was like six bags hanging from this poor little hook on a pole <laughs> being gravity fed so there was no control either <laughs> great um yeah so I had like two hours and then they brought me back but Santa Claus came around Christmas day to all the patients and gave us um ornaments these little ceramic ornaments and uh, it's twice now I've been in the hospital during Christmas. Only once I've been in the hospital over Christmas. But, uh, so I have, like, every ornament on that tree tells a story. The garland that covers my mantle where I hang all the stockings, all the stockings are there. And every single member of my family has a stocking. There's mine and Phil's. Um, my stocking I have had since I was, when did my mom marry my dad? I was five. So I've had my stocking since I was five and it's huge. And then my mom made Phil's stocking. She made Katie's stocking. She made Andrew's stocking. She made William's stocking. 
And then I took over the tradition and I made my granddaughter's stocking and I made um, my daughter-in-law's stocking and I made my grandson's stocking and all the various animals have a stocking. So the mantle is full of stockings. And then we have beside the fireplace is the wall of remembering. And I took my dad's stocking. I've got my dad's sock. And over the years, as our pets have died, their stockings have moved to the wall of remembering. And we pin their stockings to the wall beside the mantle so that they're not part of the filling the stockings for Santa because, you know, they're not there to enjoy it. But they're still part of our memories and our traditions. And they're still part of of the season of Christmas. They're there. And we always call it the wall of remembering. And um, I have a advent calendar, Christmas tree advent, foamy, thick, foamy, velvety Christmas tree. I think I spent, I know I, I saved and I saved and I saved for weeks out of my paychecks to buy this. And it was like a $50 calendar. And I mean, it's like two feet tall and it takes up the entire portion of the wall where it hangs. It hangs on a wooden dowel with, you know, braided rope and, and it's um, all the 12 or 24 pockets and it's got this puffy gold star and you move the star each day into the right pocket and, you know, advent calendar without chocolate. And we've had that since, we've had that for 28 years. Um... And then when my grandparents moved in with my mom and my dad, my grandma, my grandpa, my, gran- my grandma, my papa always had um, this thing for Santa Clauses and Mrs. Clauses. My grandmother loved them and mistletoe. And they had this one that they would hang in their doorway and it was Santa Claus and Mrs. Claus and they're sitting in a little porch swing, a little white porch swing. And they're completely covered all the way around in mistletoe. And then there's two little white bells that hang underneath it and mistletoe. So that would get hung between in the doorway between the living room and the kitchen. Um, but yeah, I have like specific Christmas things. I have um, a thing with my daughter. We used to watch Supernatural together. And we would kind of joke around, you know, I'm Moose, she's Squirrel. Because she liked Dean, I like Sam. And that's their nicknames on the show. And... Um, Again, when my grandparents moved in and went through their stuff, um, I had a Christmas moose. It's a little Christmas dress, Christmas moose, stuffed doll, Christmas moose, and take it out every Christmas and sit it on the mantle. And when we were going through my grandmother's things, Katie and I both spied it at the same time. It's a music box and you wind it up, except it's a squirrel. It's a little squirrel sitting on top, hiding its nuts in a little stump. It's a squirrel. So now we have moose and squirrel. And moose and squirrel sit together every Christmas on the mantle. So none of that is happening this year. Um, I'd be lying if I said I didn't miss it. It didn't bother me that... I'm not going to see my dad's sock and I'm not going to see the lights and I'm not going to, you know, hear Phil cursing from underneath the tree because his job was to put the tree together and then put the lights on. And then my job was was to fix the lights and listen to him grumble and complain and bah humbug. And then Katie and I would decorate the tree. Well, Katie and Andrew and I, when Andrew lived there, would decorate the tree. And everybody has their own special ornaments that they have to put on the tree. Um, You know, Phil has his, I have mine, Katie has hers, everybody, right down to my grandson. Because I would, every year, um, when Lizzie was born, I went and bought Lizzie and Tabby ornaments to hang on the tree. They were living with us, but they still have their ornaments. They're not living with us now, but they still have their ornaments. And the rule is, you have to come and see Amma and put your ornaments on the tree. That's how I get to see everybody at Christmas time at my house. Oh no, you guys, oh, you gotta come to my house. I got ornaments you have to put on the tree. Half my tree is undecorated because all the ornaments are sitting on top of the piano. You need to come and clean off the top of my piano and put your ornaments on the tree. Uh, that's not gonna happen this year. So, 
Christmas is going to look very different for me this year. Um, I usually have my tree up like 1st of December. As soon as that calendar flips, if, if I'm awake at midnight, I'm busting out the tree. 1201, my tree is up. Might not have lights on it, but it's out of the box. And it's ready to go, and I'm fluffing. I don't even have a tree. I bought lights um, in a moment of seasonal joy a couple of weeks ago. I bought lights, and I was going to do the railing outside on my deck. They're still sitting on the bench at the kitchen table. Haven't put them out. Haven't put them out. I, uh, I got my grandmother's Christmas village. I'm having a hard time with that, setting that up. Um, I'm going to do it when I go home on Sunday. Probably do it Monday. But there's reasons why that one's hard. Because it's my grandma's. And my grandma's not here. Um, twice now I've been in the Walmart and almost grabbed a big box of turtles because that's what we get grandma for Christmas. And, uh, I thought about getting it and just having it in honor of grandma, but then I would be inclined to want to eat them because they're really good. They're turtles. Mm, I love turtles. You know, rah, rah, rah. So Christmas is going to be a little different. For me this year. Um, I am going to be at my sister's. And I'm going to be here Christmas morning. To uh, watch my niece and nephew. Open their Christmas presents. And um, I will have. A stocking. I won't have my stocking. I will have a stocking. That will say Aunt Teffy. And uh, yeah. I'll watch. My brother-in-law's sister and her fiancé. And my sister and her husband. Have that, you know, that Christmas magic that you have in the morning. You have that moment when you're watching the gifts being opened and having coffee and, you know... It's just that that moment. That sometimes it only lasts like a minute, but it's there. That moment. I'll get to watch it this year. And I know, I don't even know why I'm upset about it, because I made the choice. The choice was mine. You know? But... 27 years of a specific kind of Christmas. Now I've got to figure out new traditions. (laughs) How do you teach an old dog new tricks? Won't get to see my grandkids because of COVID. I can't go anywhere near uh, the town that they live in because it's infected. Um, And they'll probably be in the gray Um, we have a color coding system here in Canada, or at least in Ontario. I don't know if it's across Canada. I'm pretty sure it is. Um, and, uh, you don't want to be in the gray zone. If you're gray zoned, then you're back in complete and total lockdown. Everything's locked down except for essentials like grocery stores. So they have a lot of active COVID cases in Midland right now. So um, if I plan on spending Christmas with my sister or having a place to live, (laughs) I'm going to be avoiding Midland. Yes, like the plague. (laughs) Uh, So I won't see my kids over Christmas. I won't see my grandkids over Christmas. Like Christmas Eve, we always had um, our oldest boy and his wife and then, you know, our grandson would come over Christmas Eve and we would do our Christmas then at Christmas Eve because they had to go to her mom's Christmas Day. And it's one of those things that you do when you have grown children. <laughs> you learn to compromise and share. Um, so they would come over Christmas Eve and we would do, you know, like the turkey dinner and all the trimmings on Christmas Eve. 
and we'd open presents and, and all of that. And we'd usually end up playing a board game. Um, and for the last couple of years, it's been, it's not Cards Against Humanity. It's the one that's a whole lot worse than that one. I can't remember what it's called now. Inappropriate something or other. I don't know, but it's really bad. But we killed ourselves laughing, playing it. Um, it is not a game for the weak of heart or the prude of mind and not a game for small children. Um, but it did my mama's heart proud to know that I have corrupted my son and he is just as twisted as I am and married a woman just as twisted as he is because she gave me a run for my money, let me tell you. <laughs> I adore my daughter-in-law. But there won't be any of that this year. I will be at my sister's Christmas Eve. And uh, I will be waking up on an air mattress at my sister's, probably upstairs in the spare room. We're hoping to have my mom move downstairs into her suites by the end of the weekend. Um, the very latest by the end of next week. She will be there before Christmas. Uh, tomorrow, I'm going to be spending most of the day, if not all of the day, moving her closet um, she's a closet organizer, so she has to take everything out of her closet. Then I have to move the organizer downstairs, set it up, and then move everything that she took out of her closet downstairs to the closet, and then move her downstairs to the closet so that she can organize it the way she wants to. And then we're going to... Um, and this is after we touch up all the paint, and, and so I'll be getting up early tomorrow doing all the finishing touches and everything that need to be done in her room, washing the floor. And then the afternoon will be spent moving her stuff down there. Um, yeah, so uh, either my brother-in-law's sister and her fiancé will stay in my mom's old room upstairs and I'll stay in the music room, or... They'll stay in the music room and I'll stay up there or I'll sleep on the cat. I don't know. Have bed, we'll travel. But, uh, well, yeah, so Christmas morning I'll be at my sister's. Uh, still don't know what I'm doing for New Year's. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, I may just stay home and hang out with Crystal and her hubby. Um,. Do the whole countdown and see if COVID magically disappears at 1201. <laughs> because so many people seem to think it's a calendar disease. But, uh, yeah, so. Um, Christmas will be interesting this year. The new year will be interesting this year. I was supposed to be in the process of preparing to go back to Florida. Mom was going to go back to Florida again this year, and she was going to take me with her. Um, now we have it planned to happen next year. So, yeah, that's uh, kind of what's going on right now. Um, I'm going to wrap this up because I've been at this for an hour now. And... Uh, I kind of want to get back to riding that. I'm in the top 100 on Amazon High. <laughs> that's gonna be that's gonna be you know a thing for a while. I'm. Uh, did you know I'm number? I'm in the top 100 on Amazon. Um. I need a shirt. I need a crystal. I need a shirt. Definitely need a shirt. Top 100 on Amazon in five categories. Hot new release. I am a hot new release. That's what the shirt needs to say. Hot new release. <laughs> yep. Okay, I'm going to wrap this up, guys. If you want to um, stalk me, please do. Um, <laughs> you can find me on Facebook at Stephanie J. Barty, um, at Lupa Barty. You can find me on Twitter at Lupa B. You can find me on Instagram at Luhu Baskets. Oh, I'm also on um, Facebook at Luhu Baskets. And I'm also on Facebook at Lupa's Bits, the podcast. See, I told you, my brain is just all over the place today. 
Um, you can find me on Instagram. All right. You ready for this? Here we go. Luhu Baskets, Lupa's Bits, the podcast, Stephanie Lupa Barty author and Stephanie Barty author. Then you can find me on TikTok at Lady Lou Who. That's L-U-H-O-O. Um, you could also catch me over on the world of myth as I am the editor-in-chief. And you can see all of the wonderful contributors that we have in the magazine. And check out their stuff. And uh, yeah, I think... That's, I think I've plugged everything that I need to plug. And don't forget on Monday, you can listen to the World of Myth Bits with, what were they called? The Dynamic Duo, Jenna and Joe. <laughs> they really are a dynamic duo. And uh, yeah, Jenna, get off the damn couch. Um, and then you can catch David K. Montoya on Wednesdays with My Public Life is an American Nerd. And there are only three more episodes left of that show before he wraps season four. Um, I don't know what we're going to do on Wednesdays now. Hmm. I'll have to figure something out. And then me on Fridays. Lupus Bits, the podcast. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so... As the song says at the very beginning of this podcast, carry on, my wayward son. Have a good week, and I will talk to you all next week. See ya. Carry on, my wayward son. There'll be peace when you are gone. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry.